Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Tennis with an Accent. This is Saqib. Anand is taking a much-needed break. And uh, we have a special guest joining us today, uh, Ramona Toderash. Uh, some of you already probably know her and follow her on Twitter. Uh, she writes about tennis, has been doing it for a couple of years, and recently attended the infamous uh, Fed Cup tie. So she had the best seat in the house. So we will just pick her brains. I know it's a topic that's a little late. Uh, welcome, Ramona. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm doing great. So, yeah, I mean, we are kind of uh, uh, late on the story, but I still figured you can add a lot of value for whoever listens to our podcast because you were actually there. Yeah, sure. So I know it's, it's been a week away. So uh, how do you, after a week, when all the anger and the emotion have settled, what happened there? How do you look back at uh, the events of the Fed Cup tie between Great Britain and Romania? Oh, well, I'm still not recovered after everything that happened. I mean, it was such an eventful weekend, to say the least. And I'm still trying to regroup myself and try to figure out everything that happened. I mean, there were so many things going on that I was really, it was really hard for me to, to keep up with, with everything. I mean, starting from Friday uh, in the afternoon and then Saturday when it all blew up. And then actually on, on Sunday when we got the win, it was really great that moment. But you know, Saturday and, and Friday were were just crazy for me. Okay. Uh, in my experience, just like in anything, even in tennis, there are like always two sides of a story. So how does the Romanian public and media view this event compared to what's being you know talked about all over Twitter and all over the tennis world? Uh and even uh, Sarana Kristea's comments. So walk us through. I mean, if you, do you feel any anything that's not being told or you think it's pretty consistent how people are seeing this? Yeah. Uh, Fed the foreign press, I mean, covered Ilor so well. And the Romanians only started writing about it on Saturday after the uh, ITF launched the investigation against uh, Nastase. So it wasn't really covered uh, that well, uh, at least that's what, how I feel. And it, I don't know, I mean, the media and how they they take on this Nastasia situation is not appropriate. I mean, in some way, they don't blame him uh, as it should have. I mean, uh, they try to say that Nastasia wasn't completely guilty because he was trying to make a joke. Uh, I mean, uh, considering the the events from from Friday, but and they say that no, from his side he was it was all a joke. That's how Nastase behaves, and we should just go on with it. Uh, and well, actually, I don't agree with that. Something that uh, it's a great problem from us at the moment. Uh, what Nastase says off court, that's something that. I mean, it's his problem, but when he says it in front of a media and with microphones all over the place, it becomes our problem too. And the way uh, the foreign people uh, look at us as as Romanians, and you no, know, it's just it got me so angry that the Romanians didn't actually say Nastasi was wrong and he has to pay. So that's my take on on this one. And how about the fans? You were there. Uh, did the fans actually know what's going on? They were like rooting for their team, and uh, 
all this chaos uh, broke loose. So what were the fans? I mean, what was the feeling in the stadium when all this was happening? I don't think that the fans at that moment really knew what was really going on. I mean, I didn't <laughs> at the beginning because that was a sitting so far away from 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 the Romanian and uh, Great Britain bench. So I don't think that they heard what Nastasia said to to Conta and to Anne. So when Nastasia just got up and then started arguing with the empire and the supervisor, they just uh, pick it up from Nastasia's behavior, you know, start, started swearing or booing, you know, and I don't really think that they knew what was really going on and just pick it up from, from Nastasia's behavior. Uh, yeah, when this story broke and a lot of different, uh, you know, clippings and uh, uh, news reports were coming out and then uh, Sarana Christia's uh, interview also uh, was shown uh, on social media and uh, it kind of gave the other side of the story. But one thing was interesting when she said, you know, she's played in hostile crowds and people swear mm-hmm. at her and have said bad words. But I think, I mean, I'm not a player. I've never played in front of people. So, but I still think when an opposing team's captain comes and swears at you, it's a lot different than public swearing at you because, you know, yes. captain is someone who's a professional colleague or a counterpart. Yeah, so, that's definitely the thing that separates uh, everything. Because she said that, you no, know, in she played all over the world and people people were starting saying names to her and that's that's just something that she she just continued to play and not say anything but when the uh, captain of of your opponent's team comes to you and says those things that Nastasia said that's a completely different thing and also I believe that Sorana wasn't aware of what Nastasia said and when she came into press she was really frustrated and angry, if I can say that. I mean, I've never seen Sorana so upbeat about something like that. I mean, it took me by surprise, her attitude, because she never says those things. I mean, she never said that what happened, I mean, what happened to her in, in past tournaments. So when she came in, uh, she was really trying to say her things, um, take it off her chest, everything. But but I really think that she didn't have all the facts, as also Conta mentioned in her press conference. So not sure what to say about what Christia uh, said, because she really didn't have all the facts. After this tie, you were there probably for the all three days. Uh, how does it leave the relationship between the players from both teams? I know I read somewhere... Kanta and Halep took the same flight back. Uh, yeah. how, how do you see uh, that situation? Well, I, I don't think that it will leave any um, you know, bad feelings between them. I mean, it's just a tie. I think that they will leave it behind after a few time, a few weeks will pass. They will all players will look back at it and say that you no. Know, it was just the circumstances and the context and, you know, Fed Cup also all, always brings up these hit moments. So they will look just look back at it and say, well, at that moment, what it happened, but now now we are OK. I don't think that the players will look at, uh, at each other in a different way. That's what I think and that, what I think that should be. Going back to Nastasi, he apparently issued an apology about Serena Williams' comments and other uh, comments he made. So how is the public reaction in Romania? Do people forgive him or he's still a hero? 
where does he stand popularity wise not sure that he can be considered a um, hero after everything that happened i mean even if in his statement i, I read it yesterday i think uh, it came out that it was everything that was a big exaggeration uh, by all and what i say is just that he was the one that he has to be uh, found guilty of what he said and yeah maybe everything went it blew up because he never expected for everything to to come up to this end i mean he always says stuff on media and to people and he was never you know uh he was never told that you shouldn't say this stuff so now with all the itf investigation he actually i think he was too by surprise with everything that that happened and he issued this apology um i don't even know what to say about it i mean not okay. let let's switch topics let's talk something good so uh, samona halep is one of the top players in the wta how is she viewed what what's her status like in romania she's a huge star how much has she brought back the tennis fans back to tennis uh because you know she's a top player well simona is, is seen here as as a hero i mean she's a superstar in our country everyone just looks up to her she became a role model so many for so many young girls who once she became become a tennis player and everyone just sees her as something above us all cuz she's you know just brought tennis back to to uh its days in romania i mean no one ever talked about tennis before her i mean we had also uh dulgeru and kristia playing well being 12 uh in 2008 2009 uh but you know when she came 2014 just created a big big uh scene for 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 tennis in Romania and and tennis now is just the uh second most watched uh sports in Romania which is which is great i mean you can see tennis in every channel now in Romania which is great which actually we couldn't do um 3 4 5 years ago yeah that always happens i think uh, every country you know uh, you you need a top player and then uh, you know the tennis explosion can happen uh what's the atp looking like uh, are there any good players coming up juniors if you follow the atp at all from romania mm, not so much atp i mean as a single players i don't really recall any names of of tennis players who who are i don't know trying to get big and we only have the doubles with Horiatico and uh, Flori Merja which who are doing so great in, in doubles and you know trying to to get into the top 10 again but as in singles we only have Kopil which is ranked about 120 at the moment he's he's doing good i mean he has a, a good season uh coming back after some injuries but but not a player who could just um you know enter the top 100 not now at least yeah. right, let's talk about the big story that's going on uh, the Maria Sharapova comeback uh it's also old news i mean a lot of discussions been going on she's winning matches now she's according to some is already the favorite at uh, if she gets to Roland Garros Yeah, so how do you see the story how she's welcome back in the sport are you okay 
with the treatment in terms of wild card i know strictly business but uh, uh, how do you see that well i it's it, you cannot look at a situation from just one point of view i mean have to take into consideration the tournament and also uh, the maria sharapova's view um i don't really completely agree with the wild cards i mean she should earn some um or work some more for for playing the tournaments i can completely understand from the business point of view that all tournaments once you offer her wild cards that will bring you know so so many people to the tournaments but i think that she should just try to pay also qualies earn some some goodwill from the people i mean i think that the, when she said at believe at the first press conference in Stuttgart, she said that she is willing to go back to juniors just to play tennis. I view that as such a great thing for, for her to say, and it brought a light, a, a different light on her. But, you know, if she would play qualies for the French Open, I think, I think people will view her differently. And, you know, will it, I, I can see. I, I just want to see more of a slight of of remorse from her. I mean, she has this competitive attitude on court, which is which is unbelievably good. I mean, she's a great competitor. But I would like to see a different side of her outside of the court. So if if she will to to play qualies in the French Open, I think that people will would will look at her differently, and definitely no one will will talk or say something that she will something about receiving wildcards into different uh, tournaments and if she just continues to play like this i believe that she will 100% getting the the qualities for the french open and also wimbledon yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's, uh, to me also, this issue is just bigger than Sharapova. To me, Sharapova here is an example. She represents star players. So that's my only thing. It's more about business. Uh, these kind of wild cards won't be given to someone who's lower ranked. But uh, uh, I totally understand the business point of view. Tournaments want to cash in on the Sharapova story. Uh, what does this say about the WTA with Serena Williams gone? How do you see the rest of the clay season? Is Sharapova the clear favorite? Or, or do you still see some other people can be in the mix to win the French Open? Well, after seeing Sharapova play like this in Stuttgart, she's definitely the favorite. I mean, she's the first one in in the odds for the French Open, and she plays unbelievably good. I mean, uh, I can see her go, actually even win the title in Stuttgart if she, she uh, moves past Maladenovic today. Uh, so definitely with Serena uh, being gone for the for the rest of the season, the play will open and and I can see I don't know maybe Halep having a chance for uh, the French Open uh, and also other players coming. You know, um, Muguruza maybe she will she will find her rhythm again. Uh, do good in on clay because she's the first player uh, based on on clay um, terms because she's she's done so good in the past uh, past few years. Uh, also Chibulkova, I can see her see her do well. 
and there are a lot of players coming coming uh coming up yeah even someone like mladenovic who plays sharapova maybe in less than an hour from now uh she's uh, has she has improved a lot this year so maybe yeah. she can the mix she played she played amazingly this year winning her first title um uh, and i can see a, a tough match against her and and uh, sharapova All right, so we can end this interview with one last question. Uh, uh, like I spoke before, what is the streaming issue uh, in Romania? Are you guys getting enough tennis besides TV? Are there any links or? Oh well, we do have some some streaming, but they are mostly illegal, I believe. I mean, we have some Russian uh, streams uh, which we can watch, but I don't think that we are actually allowed to do so. uh but mostly we we get streaming i mean there are so many sites we which we can we can watch on uh tennis tennis wise so if i want to watch any match i i can i can there's no issue about it all right ramona thanks for doing this and hopefully you know we'll pick your brain again during the season when uh, there's another exciting chapter in tennis And uh, yeah, it was wonderful having you here. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, today's episode also has a, a special feature of a second interview, which uh, I managed to secure with uh, Sveta Kuznetsova during my Miami visit. Uh, so here it is. Uh, we have the pleasure of hosting uh, two-time major champion Sveta Kuznetsova, who just uh, had a busy day at Miami Open. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, take us back. Uh, I know your parents have cycling background. How did tennis come into the picture? Yeah, I mean, uh, they just chose. My dad had only guys team at the moment. He didn't want to open ladies team, and he thought it's many tennis courts around and it's something different. And they put me to play tennis. I'm really glad it came out that way. Yeah, we are glad too. So, who were the heroes when you were watching tennis? Uh? I was not. I was growing up with cyclists. <laughs> I okay. watched lots of Tour de France and <laughs> stuff like that, but I didn't like it either. So, I was not watching any tennis. So, I didn't have really heroes, but I always enjoy watching uh, Marcelo Rios and Melvin Washington. Marcelo Rios, right? Oh, but still, he's one of my favorites. Marcelo yes. Rios. Great personality. Uh, you had the experience of playing uh, doubles with Martina Navratilova. How was that? Yeah, I mean, it's sick. I still, I, I think I still didn't see nobody bowling better, better refle- reflections on the net. I mean, it's insane, and I learned a lot from her. It's great experience for me, and I was lucky to play with her when I was sixteen. Uh, in the olden days, Navratilova, McEnroe, Edberg, a lot of successful singles players played a lot of doubles, and you still maintain that balance. Uh, why aren't many other people able to do that? I mean, I'm not the best person who maintains a lot of that. I've I've been bad on doubles, and now I'm just starting because Kiki asked me, and I thought it's a great matchup. It's very difficult for me to find a partner with who I suit well. I think with Kiki so far it works well. Hopefully it will go that way. But I've been playing to get in order to get more matches. But the tennis, I think, it's becoming much more physical, and it's too too hard to play uh, both. Okay, and uh, you've been part of an amazing—you can say—golden era of Russian women's tennis with Sharapova, uh, Safina, Petrova, Dementeva. Most of them are gone. Uh, can you just walk us through how the competition was among you girls? 
Yeah, I mean, it was insane. I remember at some point Zvonarova, she was number like 11 or 12 in the world and she's not making the Olympic team because Olympic team were all top 10. So it was me, Miskina, um, Dementiva and maybe Sharapo. I don't remember who, who we were, but I remember it was all top 10, Petrova or something. So mm -hmm. it was insane. So we had to keep it up. It was great for Russian tennis and I hope it still can be the same one more time. And talking about Russian, uh, state of Russian tennis, looks like uh, the men are kind of making a good comeback. There are a lot of young men coming up. Yeah. How does that compare to the young women coming up? Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's time to time. Uh, it depends. Some good kids coming up, they go to train like foreign countries, like to States or to Spain, and it works good for them and they have lots of potential. Some good girls also coming. I think it's going to be good. Uh, for a tennis player, like even for Russians, uh, there are only a few events, say, uh, St. Petersburg and Moscow. How hard it is this uh, professional career when you do it for 15-16 years, you are not home that much? For me it's the hardest, it's really what bothers me most of everything because it's consistently traveling and staying away from home. That's why I look up on my schedule and I cut off some weeks because it's just too much for me. Yeah, I think even Marat Safin said once, uh, if it was not for the travel he would have played a few more years. Exactly. Uh, and a lot of talk going on with on-court coaching and someone like Mary Carello even uh, thinks it kind of uh, diminishes the women's game, makes it women look a little weaker. Uh, you think uh, on-court coaching is good or uh, where do you stand with that? I don't see that it makes women weaker, it's just a different federation and one federation allowed that, another one didn't. So I think that's it, it's not about who is weaker and stronger. And uh, we all know that men can pull up now 90 kilos, uh, women can't, you know, but it doesn't mean anything. Um, I don't mind either way. I don't mind coaching, I don't mind without coaching, I really don't care. And uh, you had a singles resurgence for the last six, seven months. Uh, what changed? I mean, you were always around, but now it looks like you are competing for big titles and even maybe we can see you in a Grand Slam final. What changed in the last few months? The momentum. I guess I just started to feel more comfortable in important matches and more confident. That's it. But I'm working the same way, maybe even less because I play a lot of matches and because I just uh, trying try to listen to my body more. Hmm. And last thing, uh, any message for your fans who listen to our podcast or even people like us who play but we are not good players? I, I just hope everybody stay positive, not uh, doing lots of negative messages. It's always positivity helps players, negativity ruins everybody inside. I hope we have all support and re we really appreciate support of each one of you. Thank you very much for that. Um, it's a pleasure and all the best against Venus Williams. Thanks Thank a lot. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you.